In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's a better job description than many now offered in clergy appointment processes and one that applies to all of us as baptised Christians. The two short paragraphs in the Gospel about salt and light are among the most straightforward of Jesus' parabolic utterances. Salt is used to preserve food and add flavour. Light surely needs no further gloss. Jesus tells us to be distinctive in our witness to the Gospel. Distinctive by a way of living that adds staying power and flavour to human flourishing and illustrates God to the world. In service of that and the rest of today's Gospel, he urges us to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Surely he means by being more than mere law keepers and enforcers. As I wrote in my email to you on Friday, Anglicans mostly know one line from today's Gospel as the Book of Common Prayer introduction to the offertory. Those words, let your light so shine before men, were the first of the offertory sentences in that book. In Cranmer's first prayer book in 1549, they were sung by the clerks, of whom our choir are linear descendants. They were then an insistently scriptural offertory motet. But in the upheavals of the 16th and 17th centuries, the singing was lost, and as communion became less frequent, the service sometimes even stopped at around about this point. No communion. So by 1662, one or more offertory sentences were read, not sung, and they were read whether or not communion was to follow. Hence, our Anglican confusion about the meaning of the word offertory, which has come to mean a collection of money at any service, whether it's a mass or not. But the offertory, properly understood, is the first action of the liturgy of the Eucharist, of the offering of mass. The ceremonial bringing forward, preparing and offering on the altar of bread and wine, it's being honoured with incense, this is all not merely functional. It's the first act of the sacrifice. The elements of bread and wine also represent ourselves, our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice unto thee, as Cranmer wrote elsewhere. As the priest says when preparing the chalice, by the mystery of this water and wine we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. The sacrament doesn't just bring Christ nearer to us, it also lifts us up to him. We often think of sacrifice as meaning only giving something up, as destruction or death. But sacrificium means making holy. The whole action of the Mass is about making us holy by our participation in this offering the offering which unites us to Christ in his death and in his resurrection, in his life. It's surely by becoming holy 
that we become salt and light for the world. So it matters how we do it. The form of sacrifice from which the Mass is descended, the communion or thanksgiving sacrifice in the temple prescribed in the Old Testament, began with just such a ceremony of offering. I wrote a little about the Mass as a sacrifice in Friday's email, so I'll suggest that you look there and at the book I mentioned if you want to know more about that. But the important bit is that the ancient Jewish communion sacrifice consisted of an offertory, a mediation by the priest, our Eucharistic prayer, and a communion meal. This sacrifice of thanksgiving, as it's called there, best illuminates the scriptural lineage of the Blessed Sacrament. So the Catholic understanding of the Mass as a sacrifice is not only about uniting us to the once-for-all offering of Christ on the cross, though it does that sacramentally, but Jesus gave us the offering of bread and wine as a sac thanksgiving sacrifice the night before he died, before he became a sacrificial victim. He did it in continuity with what happened in the temple to unite us with the life of God, that we might become Christ's body in the world. Cranmer's original prayer of consecration included those words I mentioned earlier, the offering of ourselves, our souls and bodies to be a reasonable, holy and lively sacrifice unto thee, paraphrasing, paraphrasing words from the Roman canon of the Mass, calling it this our bounden duty and service. By 1662, those words had been deferred till after communion, which obscured their purpose and meaning. But happily, modern revisions have put them back in the right place in our Eucharistic prayer when we use that one, proclaiming that we are joined to the offering that we make. We are offered to God with those elements of bread and wine. And that's in order that we might become, as Jesus says to us today, salt and light in the world. That's the reason for us bringing bread and wine from the back of the church to people bringing it forward to make the offertory at the altar. It symbolizes our movement towards God, God who wants to come to meet us and welcome us home to him, as in the parable of the prodigal. As we draw near to God in worship, offering ourselves, our souls and bodies here, he draws near to us in the blessed sacrament with the offer of nourishment for eternal life. So what we do here matters. How we offer this sacrifice, our care to make it our best offering, is a sign of how seriously we take our baptismal vocation. Our communion nourishes us to go out there and enact it. Action here is intended to provoke action out there. There's little point to being here otherwise. That, of course, was the subject of our first reading today from Isaiah about true religion requiring us to do many things, including share our bread with the hungry and welcome the homeless poor. Then says Isaiah in that text, your light shall break forth like the dawn. What we do here needs to be understood as feeding the rest of our life 
in Christ. All we say and do is to be informed by the offering we make to the greater glory of God. Father Bill Scott said to us last week that lighting our Candlemas candles is important as a sign of hope to the world. And we lit them last week as a reminder that we are to be that sign, that hope, that salt and light. And today we are reminded why. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven.